Grab your Bibles, if you will, and let's uh, take a look uh, again at Romans 9. We are, um, we are fast approaching what some uh, would call the most difficult passage in all the Bible. And we'll, um, we'll be skirting right next to it tonight and probably uh, land on it next week, Lord willing. <clears throat> Um, but I'm going to start reading at verse 6, and I want to read to you through verse 9. Um, so you follow in your copies as I read those four verses. But it is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. For this is what the promise said about this time next year. I will return and Sarah will have a son. Guys, uh, last week I said to you, uh, for those of you who were here, I said that verse 6 is pivotal. Uh, it's, uh, it's a key statement for lots of reasons. It's key as we try to understand the Old Testament. <clears throat> And the history of the Old Testament. It is also key in terms of understanding one's whole doctrine of salvation. And um, the principle that's contained in verse 6, uh, the thing that will help you do understand salvation and the, the, uh, the history of the Old Testament, is that last sentence, the last half of verse 6 that says, For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. And I sought to explain that last week, and hopefully uh, that still reverberates in your souls. Uh, a very sacred, a very important um, a principle that not all who are descended naturally, physically from Israel belong to true Israel. And tried to point out that Paul is using the term Israel two different ways, but the nation of Israel stood in a relationship to God, um, a relationship which no other nation has ever enjoyed before or since. <clears throat> but that relationship in no way suggested that each and every person who was an Israelite or a Jew enjoyed a spiritual relationship with God. Israel, physical, national Israel, had a relationship with God, but not all Israel was Israel. Whereas there was a physical, natural, political relationship that ethnic Israel had with God, yes, that by no means means that all within that nation had a spiritual relationship with God. There were temporal blessings, to be sure, that were enjoyed by every part, every individual part of the nation of Israel. But eternal, spiritual blessings only belonged to some who were within Israel. Because not all of Israel was Israel. That's the principle, guys. And that's the principle that's going to help you as this as we go deeper into this chapter. 
You got to keep that in that straight. Not all Israel is Israel. Now, um, <laughs> Paul makes that point, as I said in verse six, and then in verse seven, <clears throat> really to the end of the chapter. What he does is um, he begins to show that the fact of verse 6 can be clearly demonstrated in the history of Israel. In Israel's own history, this fact, that not all Israel is of Israel, that fact can be clearly seen, clearly illustrated in Israel's own history. Israel's history illustrates this point. Not all Israel is Israel. Now, let me say this. Uh, this is just for those of us who love Paul, but has no really... But, gang, this is genius. This is genius being... Uh, not mine, Paul's. Um, I knew you were confused there. But um, uh, this is genius on the part of the Apostle Paul because you're going to watch him use examples of the very things that Judaism was so proud of and so boasted in, those very things Paul is going to use to prove how wrong is their position. That's genius, ladies and gentlemen. He is going to use and take Israel's boasts and show them how their own boasts prove the error of his of their position. In verses 7 through 9, he is going to use the boast of being the child of Abraham. We're going to look at that in a second. And then from verses 10 on, but particularly 10 through 13, he's going to point to another section of Israel's history, Isaac and his two sons. We'll get to that, Lord willing, next week. All right. The opening line of verse 7 is referring to the claim that Jews loved to make. Now, guys, um, kind of stay with, or try to stay with me, because I, I, I think you'll, you, if you'll keep your finger right there in Romans 9, go over with me. Let me just show you real quickly a couple of places. Start with John 8. See if you can find that real quick. Uh, this will at least keep you awake, maybe. Um, this is the claim that Judaism loved to make. Verse, uh, John 8, 39. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Okay, you see it there. If you can find Luke 3. Um, this is in the ministry of John the Baptist. And in verse 8, the crowd, uh, John the Baptist says to the crowd, um, and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. Now, guys, that was one of the claims that Judaism loved to make. <laughs> hey, we're fine. We have Abraham as our father. And as long as we have Abraham as our father, Jesus, John the Baptist, Paul, we're fine because those who are descendants of Abraham are fine. Now, that's the claim that Judaism loved to make. And I, I've showed you two places, where, and there's several others in the New Testament. Now, look, go back to verse 7. 
Paul, in the face of that very popular, very frequently made claim, says in verse 7, Oh, 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 fellas, not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring, but through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Now, again, guys, um, I hope I can make this clear. Their claim was, hey, we're fine because we got Abraham as our father. I mean, we're descendants of Abraham, and that just closes the deal. And, and Paul says, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Just because you're a descendant of Abraham, look, look at the text. Not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. Just because you have a physical relationship with Abraham doesn't mean that you're the true descendants of Abraham. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Now guys, you know what that's all about? I mean, you gotta know the story, I guess. Um, but that's what we're gonna look at. It's an Old Testament historical story. Alright? I'm gonna try to map it out for you as best I can. The, 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 the great father of the faith is Abraham. Remember that? Okay. Now, uh, later on, or real late in Abraham's life, uh, it becomes apparent that he and his wife Sarah aren't aren't hacking it, you know? That is, she ain't getting pregnant. Because they need a, you know, God promised them a descendant, you know? So, um, it ain't happening. So what happened? In the midst of their old age, they got no sons, and God has promised them a son. What happened? Come on, somebody. The maidservant. Uh, uh, Sarah, his wife, says, listen, Abe, we ain't, we ain't getting very far. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go, um, cohabit with, what was her name? Hagar. And I want you to, um, you know, have a child through my handmaiden. It works. Hagar gets pregnant and she has a son by the name of Ishmael. Alright? Now, uh, so this guy, I, I forget how old they are. They're real old, but 90, 100, something like that. But this guy's like 13 years old. Now, take your Bibles and open them to Genesis 21. Um, Genesis 21, and I need my glasses. All right. Now, um, so Ishmael's like 13 years old, and something else very wonderful happens. What happens? Sarah gets pregnant. And the, and the text says, her womb is dead. That's a womb that can't have any more babies. Or couldn't have them. It didn't have any. But through this miracle of God, Sarah gets pregnant. And Sarah and Abraham have another child. And his name is what? Isaac. Now, guys, that means... That Abraham has two sons. This one and this one. Now go back to the New Testament. No, 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 don't physically, but um, the, the big claim of Judaism was what? If we're a son of Abraham, we're fine. And Paul comes back and says, no, no, 
Verse 7, Romans 9, verse 7. He says, no, no, just because you're naturally descended, descended from Abraham does not mean that you're the spiritual descendant of Abraham. Because, what does he, how does he say it in Romans? The, the, the descendants are going to be named through not this one, but this one. So whereas Ishmael, because he was the son of Abraham, had some real um, temporal, um, physical advantages because Abraham was his daddy. Oh, yeah. There were lots of things that happened to Abraham that were really good because Abraham was his daddy. That doesn't mean that he was a true descendant of Abraham because the, uh, Paul says, no, no, my descendants are going to be named as he said, um, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Oh, wait a minute. He was an offspring. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we're not talking about just physical offspring. We're talking about spiritual offspring. And they are going to come through Isaac. Not him. So what has God done? God has said, no, not this one. This is the one that I'm going to choose to use. Not that one. Even though they're both sons. (laughs) Now, guys, are you in Genesis 21? Let's take a look at that story. Um, um, Verse 8. And the child, uh, Isaac is born in chapter 21. And the child grew and was weaned. I'm in verse 8. And Abraham made a great feast on that day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, Remember, remember this, this guy up here? Hagar's his mother. Uh, Sarah, Abraham's wife, saw, uh, the son of Hagar, that'd be this guy, um, and whom she had born to Abraham, laughing. So she said to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not be heir with my son Isaac. Now watch how Abraham responds. By the way, guys, this, this, this is so rich with significance, we don't have time to look at it all. But in terms of our understanding Romans 9, you gotta see this. Um, so, so Sarah comes and says, okay, I've had it. Get rid of him. I don't want him around Isaac anymore. Get rid of him. And notice what Abraham says in verse, um, uh, 11. Uh, well, 10, cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not be there with my eyes. And the thing was very displeasing to Abraham on account of who? His son. Who's he referring to? Ishmael. Sarah says, kick him out. Abraham says, uh-uh. No, I can't do that. And it grieves me that you say that because of my son. Now, ladies and gentlemen, What happens next is very important. Look at your Bibles. Verse um, 12. God said, oh, no, yeah. And the thing displeasing to Abraham on account of his son. Verse 12. But God said to Abraham. Who's that speaking? That's God saying, um, hey, Abraham. Don't be displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman, Ishmael and and Hagar. Whatever Sarah 
says to you, do as she tells you. For through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Does that ring a bell? That's the very thing said in Romans 9, 7, ladies and gentlemen. And by whom? That is, who said it in Genesis 21? God said it. Abraham says, no, 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 no. I don't like what you're trying to say there, hey, Sarah. I don't want to be sending Ishmael off. No, sir, re Bobby. And um, if I could have my way, the, uh, the covenantal blessings will be carried by this fella. And God steps in and says, uh-uh, Abraham. Uh-uh. By the way, a man doing what a woman told him to do is very unusual in this culture. It's not unusual in ours, but it was very unusual in this one. But God says, I want you to do what Sarah says for you to do. Because, because Abraham, here's what I'm up to. It's through Isaac that your offspring, not physically, guys, you've got to be able to see that. I mean, this is an offspring, but he's not a spiritual offspring. This is an offspring, but it's through this one that the covenant relationship is going to be furthered. Not that one. God steps in, settles the issue, and says, I choose to work with this one, and I choose not to work with this one. Hubba hubba! Because, ladies and gentlemen, not all Israel is Israel. Just because you're a physical descendant of Abraham's doesn't mean that you're safe. Guys, go back with me. The great claim of the Jews in the New Testament is, oh, we got Abraham as our father, we're fine. And God says, oh no, that ain't right. No, you got it wrong, fellas. Because, yes, there were some... Guys, every member of the nation of Israel in the Old Testament prospered because God identified himself with that nation. But not every member of the nation of Israel was in a spiritual relationship with this God. Because not all Israel is Israel. Do you see, guys, the principle in verse 6 is the establishment of a very important principle that he is beginning to now work out. How does he work it out? Well, he takes the very argument that Judaism uses and says, <laughs> you guys are stupid. You say, well, Abraham's our father. Well, he was Ishmael too. But the covenant line did not go through Ishmael. It went through Isaac. At Who's doing? That would be God. That would be God who established that. So you go back to Romans 9. And not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. By the way, that word offspring, this should be pretty... Um, Sperma. Do I need to help you out with that? Um, not all children of Abraham, because they are his sperma. But through Isaac shall your sperma 
Be names. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There is a physical sperma relationship that Ishmael has to Abraham. But that's not the way I'm going, says God. I'm not going to do it that way. I choose to work with this one. And, and again, guys, do you, do you see the? I mean, if Abraham had had his way, he, I mean, this kid was 13 years old. And, and, and God says, you know, by the way, Abraham, because he is your son, I'm going to make a great nation out of him. Oh, by the way, let's keep reading. <laughs> Back to Genesis 21. Um, sorry. All right, keep reading. Um, uh, verse 13. I will make a nation of the son of the slave woman also because he is your offspring. Yeah, 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 I, Abraham, I got it. I mean, because he's your son, I'm going to do something with him. But I'm not going to have the covenant line go through him, Abraham. It's this one. It's that one I'm going to use and not Ishmael. All right, guys, we got to go back. We got we got a couple of things to do here. Not verse seven of Romans, and not all the children of Abraham, because there is offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Now look at verse eight. This means. Now, isn't that sweet of the apostle Paul? All he's doing is saying. Let me explain what I just said in the last clause of verse 7. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God. <laughs> Ain't that pretty clear? Paul says, uh, you know, the, 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 um, uh, the, uh, the, my children are going to be named, uh, you know, the, the, uh, let's see, through, your offspring are going to be named through Isaac. Now, just in case you don't know what I, what I just said, Paul says, this means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God. Yeah, 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 you are, Isaac, the children of Abraham's flesh. But that does not mean that you are the children of God. Um. Keep reading verse. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as sperma. Who was the child of the promise? That'd be this fella. That's the one. Who is it that are the spiritual children of God? Oh, that would be the children of the promise. Guys, um, a natural child is being contrasted and compared in verse 8 with a spiritual child. Just because you are a fleshly descendant doesn't mean anything. Because not all children of Abraham's flesh are children of God. Not all children of Abraham's flesh... There's two of them are children of God. Not all of them are. Only one of them. Only one of them. Um, verse 9. For this is what the promise said. About this time next year, I shall return and uh, Sarah shall have a son. Let's work this out and we'll, we'll close up shop tonight. Guys, um, if it is not being a descendant of Abraham that makes me a child of God, then what is it? 
if it's not just being dissent, like, like Judaism claims and still claims, guys, still to this night claims, oh, things are good with us. We're the sons of Abraham. And yet, Paul says, <laughs> well, go back and look at your own history, you idiots. Abraham had two sons. And one of them wasn't a child of God. So you see why I think it's such genius? I mean, he uses their very claim to prove the wrongness of their position. So if it's not being physically descended from Abraham that makes you a child of God, then, then what is it? If it isn't flesh, what makes me a child of God? Look, look, at, look at verse 9. Um, well, 8 and 9. But the children of the promise are counted as offspring. What makes me, if it's not flesh, what is it? Well, it's the promise. We're going to talk about that just a little bit further and it'll get clear, I think, I hope. But guys, like Isaac, who was the son of the promise, you are sons and daughters of the promise. The promise produces its own children. It's the children that result from the promise that are rightly related to God. The birth of Isaac was by way of promise. That is, without a miracle, he would have never been born. It would have never taken place apart from a miracle that Isaac be born. Oh, now this guy, oh, they didn't need anything but, you know, a, a young woman. This was no miracle. But every child of Abraham, true son of Abraham, true Israel, a true descendant of Israel, a, a child, every one of them involves something miraculous that takes place. Gang, um, if you are seated here tonight as a child of God, you know what? There's something miraculous that took place in you. Do you know why you believe what you believe? As strange as some of that stuff is? Because a miracle took place. This, this miraculous bomb exploded at the bottom of your souls. And those things that you used to hate all of a sudden became things you loved. And those things that you didn't really care for became your chief priorities. Well, how did that happen? Oh, it's because the same thing or a similar thing that happened to Isaac happened to you. Without a miracle, Isaac would have never been born. And without a miracle, neither would you have been. You're a son of the promise. But but I hope it's going to get a little bit clear and then I'll sh shut up. Uh, if you can find Galatians 4 real quick. Because Paul explains what he means by this son of the promise. Galatians 4. And with this we'll stop. Galatians 4. Let me read you two verses. 28 and 29. Paul is writing this too. This is another Pauline passage. And he says, now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. Now guys, look at that. He's writing to Galatian Christians. And he said, now you brothers in the Lord there at Galatia, like Isaac, you're children of promise. Hey, you Christians sitting out there in Germantown over Grace Evangelical Church, you know, and, and knowing love Jesus, you know, 
you're children of promise. That's what you are. You're children of promise. And then the definition comes in verse 29. But just as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him. Now, who's he referring to right there? Ishmael. Paul is referring back to this story and he's saying the, the, the son of the flesh persecuted the son of the promise. It's always been like that. It's always going to be like that. It's like that today, guys. That's one point, but the, the major point is to come. <laughs> but just as at that time, back there, he, Ishmael, who was born according to the flesh, persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit. Now, guys, do, do you see what, what he's done there? Um, he is equating um, children of promise of verse 28 with pil- people who are born according to the Spirit in verse 29. You are children of promise. And by the way, children of promise were Isaac. And, I, and Ishmael always persecuted those who were born of the Spirit. So where are the children of the promise? They're the children who are born of the Spirit. You know what miraculous thing went off in your soul, ladies and gentlemen? It's called a rebirth. Where the Spirit of God did something within you that you simply cannot explain to this day. None of us can we just know that here we were, blithely headed through life, just zippity doo da, skipping around and tripping the light fandango and thinking everything is just really peachy. And then something happened. It was, it was a crisis. It was a divorce. It was a loss of a job. It was a financial reversal. You know what it was for me? I graduated from college. That's crisis, ladies and gentlemen, because now I gotta go get a job. You know, I've been playing on the University of Tennessee Athletic Department's money for four years. And they've been paying me to go to school, and they've even been paying for my laundry. And then Susie and I were dating and, and, and had fixed a, we were engaged and, and fixed a date to get married. I'm thinking, holy moly, life is not, is really getting serious here. And in the midst of all that, something that I cannot put my finger on, that is exactly the moment at which it took place. But I became a son of the promise. I became a miracle child. Because the Spirit of God does something, did something in me, and He opened my little blind, stupid, wicked, sinful eyes to see how separated I was from God. And in the very same motion, he bends those eyes and turns them towards a crucified Christ. And I stand here as a child of the promise. I was born of a miracle. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, apart from miracle, none of us, none of us, not Mary, a one of us would ever buy into this. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, and this is what we are skating very close, 
because we'll probably get there next week. But that spiritual birth is always, it's always of God. (laughs) You don't know how significant that was, do you? It's never of the flesh. You don't study your Bible harder and, and say the right formula and, and pull the right spiritual strings and accomplish your whole spiritual to-do list. And all of a sudden, as a result of doing all those things, you arrive at rebirth. No, no. That's flesh. That's flesh. Do you know how you got this thing? The same way he got it. God chose not to deal with this one. And he chose to deal with this one. He was a son of a miracle. Just like you are. Every Christian has experienced that same miracle. You thought you were smarter than the rest and you figured this all out on your own. (laughs) Left to ourselves, ladies and gentlemen, we would found a nation called Arabia. But as a result of the promise, we went off in another direction. Now, the whole principle is this. Not all Israel is in Israel. And the way he proves it is that, first of all, he uses the, the, the story of Abraham and says, do you see what took place in the story of, in the family of Abraham? He had two sons. Both of them weren't, weren't rightly related to God. Now he's going to do that same thing. He's going to do that very same. He's going to make that very same point. He's just going to use another family next week. He's going to use the family... Of Isaac, whose wife bore a couple of twins, Jacob and Esau. And what God did in this family, he does the exact same thing in Isaac's family. We'll look at it next week. Our Father, I do pray that you'll make this clear and that you will enable me to be as, um, to have a clear sound in my voice, something that can be understood by your people. Because, oh God, this is so worth celebrating that we're sons and daughters of promise and that we are, that there's something miraculous, something, something that the Spirit did to bring us to where we are and make us who we are. And we glory in it, Father. We glory in it that you have seen fit to open our eyes and draw us to this beautiful Savior of ours. Now, Father, uh, give us a great hunger for holy things and a great determination to chase hard after the one who in our eyes is altogether lovely, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Thanks and good night.